meditation is the recipe. I just gotta take my time. I just gotta take my time. Prayer meditation is the recipe. I just gotta take my time. Prayer meditation is the recipe. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to the, another episode of the Christian Athlete Paradox. It has been a while and I have missed doing this. Um, it's been a hectic period of time. Uh, I've been moving, I've been graduating, I've been all over the country, um, but I'm so happy to be back recording in the studio. Um, and so it's awesome what we've got shared for you guys today. I'm so excited for how God is going to use this. Um, and so I'll, before I introduce our guest speaker, which actually kind of comes with a little bit of a twist. I do want to share something with you guys first. I don't do this very often, but there is an app out there called Get Upside. I mean, I wouldn't share this if I didn't think it was helpful, but it's called Get Upside, and it's a way to get money back on every gallon of gas that you buy. So if you go to the app store or you use the link in the description and use the code 579BR, you can start getting cash back on every gallon of gas you buy. It's available at gas stations all over the country. And guys, I'm saving anywhere from 20 or 60 cents per gallon of gas that I buy. Uh, it's With gas prices the way they are, I'm telling you, it's so worth it. So go check that out. It's the link in my bio. And there's also using the code 579BR. But guys, okay, getting into the meat of today's topic, guys, I've got with me um, Adam Clapp. Adam joined us on a podcast not too long ago. Uh, but he and his wife, Leslie, uh, work with FCA in the New River Valley near Virginia Tech. Um, and Adam has become a really, really good friend for me. And he's watched kind of my story unfold over the past several years. And so I wanted to invite him on today. But what he's actually going to do is he's going to facilitate the conversation today to give me the platform to kind of share my testimony. A, a lot of the podcast has been me talking with other athletes. But guys, God's been doing some really cool things in my life too. And that doesn't make me special or anything like that. But I want to use the platform that I have here to be able to share and hopefully give you encouragement through how God's been using me in my camp, on my campus. So first off, Adam, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for, for being willing to do this. Yeah, I'm happy to do it, Ryan. We, <clears throat> Les and I love the podcast, so we're, we're happy to help in any way we can. Thank you, Adam. I, I'm, I'm so, so appreciative of it. But honestly, I'm going to kind of give this over to you. I'm going to let you facilitate this, and I'm going to let me be interviewed for a change. Sounds good. So, Ryan, uh, it, it has been a while. I'd love for you to just give us a little update on you, uh, and what are the what are the next steps for you as well? And and also, I wanted you to uh, share uh, what are the next steps for the podcast that you foresee. Yeah. Um, okay. So a little bit of a life update. So I did graduate. I took me five years, but I'm finally done with my my degree from Virginia Tech. I graduated with a master or masters, I wish, uh, a bachelor's in mechanical engineering with a focus in aerospace. So now that I've graduated, baseball is done. I'm out of eligibility. Um, I didn't go play professionally, um, and so I have actually just moved up to. I call it DC. Everybody calls it Northern Virginia. Whatever you want to call it, I'm living in a suburb outside of Washington D.C. Um, and I've accepted a job with Northrop Grumman. Have just started work. Um, I'm actually working on their space program and working on uh, a project that's going to go back to the moon and bring astronauts back to the moon and hopefully eventually to Mars. Um, and that's that's a story for another day. It's cool stuff, all to pl- proclaim the glory of God, um, and, and a really cool avenue that gives me a chance to share the gospel. But uh, but yeah, so that's my life right now with work and school and all that kind of stuff. But as for me, so. I talk with, I've talked with Adam about this. I've talked with my fiance. I've talked with a lot of people in my life about, okay, God, what, what do you really want for me? Is it really to go into corporate America and be 
a part of this? And right now, I believe the answer is yes. But I believe God's also given me a heart for apologetics um, and a heart for uh, Christian athletes. And so the podcast is not going anywhere. I'm actually really excited about this next step. Everybody knows that Christian athletics can be kind of a grind. And not that my life just got so much much easier, but I do think I have a little bit more of a schedule. So I'm actually going to try and be getting episodes out every two weeks from now on. I'm going to try and do one episode continuing the format that I've done of interviewing other athletes. But I'm also going to have the format of I want to do a Bible study and go through specific issues that I think are key to Christian athletes. Uh, whether that be patience, whether that be boldness, whether that be humility, whatever it is, I'm going to kind of do a deep dive into what the Bible actually says about that. So that's kind of where the podcast is going. I'm not going anywhere. You guys keep encouraging me with your reaching out and out to me, and it means so much. And and it was it was funny. I was kind of in the middle of praying about this, and uh, funny how God works. Not just later that day, I had a friend reach out and was like, "Hey, man, please keep going with the podcast. We love it." And I hadn't heard from him in a in a good bit. So it was really kind of cool to see that, you know, yes, let's keep this podcast going. So it's not going anywhere. That's good to know. We appreciate that. Um, so much of this podcast, it's been about other athletes sharing what God has been doing on their campuses. Uh, but I want to take this opportunity today, now that you've graduated, to be able to share what God did on your campus uh, and through you and your team. Ryan, I know God was using uh, your team in some really cool ways during your last couple years. But when we've talked previously, uh, your first three or four years contributed to what God did in your last season in particular. I, I wonder, could you share some takeaways that you've learned from the uh, from your first three or four years of college? And then can you give us a quick some quick highlights as well? Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny, guys. I've tried to record this like three times by myself and I, I finally was like, all right, I need, I need some help here. So Adam came on and just helped me. And, and summarizing my first three or four years quickly is <laughs> a little bit difficult, I think, but I, I do want to give this a try. Basically, what I, what I kind of found was that through my freshman year and then my sophomore year and then my junior year, God was teaching me something and building me up and, and refining me in the skills that he had given me all for the purpose of making me, his name known on my campus. Um, I didn't always do it right. I didn't always do it well. But he continued to pursue me so that I would then pursue others. And so my freshman year in particular, guys, I, I came into campus with a back brace. I came in with a broken back. I didn't compete in the whole fall. I came out in the spring. I just wasn't up to par. I wasn't in a good place physically. And so I didn't play well. Um, and, and as back injuries and with a lot of in different injuries, you kind of sit in that period of like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to play again? Um, and that was kind of my story in that, in that season of, I didn't know if I was ever going to play again. And obviously, you know, it all worked out and I am where I am now and, and was able to have success down the road, but like I didn't have it during my freshman year. And while that was going on too, my a- academics too were just overloading me and I was just being burnt at both ends of the stick. And, and it was really tough. And I think it really forced me to kind of dive back into my faith. In my senior year of high school, I'd kind of not really walked away, but my faith was not strong in any way, shape, or form. Like I was kind of, self, I was not kind of, I was very selfish and had kind of shoved some relationships off to the side. And so that freshman year kind of was a good wake-up call to me that I needed to be back and firm in my faith um, because it wasn't just something that I did now. It was, my faith was who I am and it had to be everything. It had to be my source of truth that I went back to. As I kind of moved into my sophomore year, um, God had continued to teach me 
things about me and about others and about what it meant to truly love him and what it meant to truly love others. And I think God has always kind of given me a boldness in my faith, um, but he was teaching me to use it and he was teaching me how to use it. And that was through a relationship. You could not be an effective evangelist for Christ without being bold in your faith. If you don't talk about God, how's anybody going to know what you're about? You can't just live a good life. You have to have something deeper and be willing to speak the name of Jesus. Um, and so that's kind of what I was doing was, was learning how to speak my faith, but also recognizing that in certain conversations that I was under-equipped. And so that really continued to push me back into the word of God to be able to say that I have to be firm in what I believe because there is someone that's not just asking me questions, but is that, that is challenging me and saying, I don't believe what you believe. Everybody knows what a college campus is like. Jesus is not welcome on a college campus in most, in most places. And so I had these conversations that were happening, whether they were in athletics or out of athletics, to where God needed to be proclaimed. And yet I found that over and over again, I was under-equipped. Um, and so it continued to push me to God. But in the process of being pushed to God, I was playing well with baseball. Things were going better. And so the season rolled around and I started to have a little bit of success. Um, I was never, you know, air quotes, the guy per se on my team, but I was starting to have success. And it was really cool. And I, it was something that I had never tasted before, but I really wanted. But it was it, through that season of success that I realized that though I had been speaking the name of Jesus, it had selfishly turned back towards me and I wanted to be on the throne. Um, you guys have probably heard me say this before, but it's that it's so easy for us to switch the order of us and God. And we take God off the thrones and we put ourselves on it. And so that was kind of what I had found in that season was I had taken God off of the throne. And in this, this little ounce of success, I was by no means a major player, but I was throwing well. And I was, I wanted to the success for me, whatever I could get, I wanted it for me. And in the process of that, I kind of found that God had, God had kind of, been willing to humble me. Um, so I ended up going to summer ball that summer and through terrible, through worse than I've ever thrown in my life. And it was kind of neat to see how God kind of used that to say, you know, yes, you've learned a lot about me and you're seeing a little bit of what it takes, but you've, you've messed up this order and now we got to fix it again. And so God did that to get my attention. And I firmly believe that it's again, you know, so many cool things. I wish I had the chance to talk about every single one of them. But one of the cool things about that is during that summer that I was throwing so poorly, um, my host family, we all live with host families. My host family was really, really strong Christians. And it gave me the opportunity to, to share my faith with them and to encourage them in that season. I then went back. I, I ended up having to leave because I was like, I'm not getting anything out of baseball here. I got to go somewhere else. So I went back to a place that I played the summer before. And then I met my friend Chase. I've had Chase on the podcast. Um, and Chase and I developed a really strong relationship. And, and I, I guess the theme that I want to draw this to is that God gives us what we need in that specific moment, but also he uses us for someone else's good. Because in that moment that I was encouraging the Dempseys, just like the Dempseys were encouraging me, and Chase was encouraging me just like I was able to encourage him. And so don't ever doubt what God is doing. Just because things may not seem finely tuned to you doesn't mean that they're not tuned to someone else and that God isn't trying to teach you something in the process. So it was neat. So I felt like I was getting back on track. I was good, um, you know, we're rolling into junior year. And I was starting to be more outspoken on my faith. I was becoming known on my campus for my beliefs. And that's a great thing until you're not the guy anymore or you're not having success. And so... You know, I was preaching this, this, my identity is in Christ. My identity is in Christ. No matter my performance on the field, Jesus is Lord. And while that remained true, 
I did not have the success to back that up. And so all, everything that I had been saying of, of if I have success or if I have failure, Jesus remains the same. Now I had to live that out. And it's super easy to talk about that and say that, okay, Jesus is on the throne when things are going good. But now all of a sudden I, I had become a big voice and maybe not a big voice, but I'd become a voice on my campus. And now all of a sudden I was being forced to live that out. And, and that was hard. You know, people are, people are watching you and you don't want to fail, but you also don't want to fail Jesus either. You know, when, when I get to heaven, I don't want to look back and Jesus be like, I never knew you. Um, and so that was a kind of a, a slap in the face for me of, I really thought my junior year was going to be my rebound year. And it, it really wasn't. Um, I ended up getting hurt too. Um, so that kind of took away some of, some of the, the fun out of it, but then we kind of rolled into COVID. Yeah. So thanks for sharing about the first couple of years. That's, it's a lot. I appreciate it. So speaking of COVID, everyone seems to have their own uh, COVID story about how God uh, used that season in, in unique ways. I know we do. I came on staff with, with FCA during COVID. Um, so that was a, that's a unique thing. But Ryan, particularly for you, what were your takeaways uh, from the lockdowns and uh, so much time on your hands that you had? Yeah. And, and, you know, I know I focus this, this podcast so much on Christian athletics, but obviously in COVID, everything was taken away. And so it gave me a really good look at the church, I think. I think you saw people come back to church that had been away from church for so long. And you saw people that were in the church kind of stray away. Um, and it was, you know, I've shared this before on the podcast, but it was in that season of COVID that God kind of poked me and was like, why can't you start a podcast? You can do that. And so that's what I did. This, this podcast originated from COVID, um, and it's so cool to see how God has used it. But I would say that my major takeaway from COVID and the lockdowns was our need for fellowship. And I say that not just in, you know, the air quotes, Christian fellowship, we need to be able to go to church while that is true, but we need social interaction and we as believers have to come alongside each other to be the body of Christ. You know, COVID had so many different aspects of it. But the one thing that I think we all kind of saw with COVID and everything that the media was portraying was that there was this seemingly um, moving target of truth. And so it, it kind of led me back to the Bible to be able to say, well, why, why can't people seem to distinguish truth from, from other truths? Because as believers, we know that there is only one source of truth and there is absolute truth found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And the source of that truth that we can read is the word of God. And so one of the things that really pushed me to was to A, go back to the foundation of we need to be strong in the Bible, um, but also that we need fellowship. And so the thing that I was able to do during COVID, while well, I started this podcast, but, but we also started a Bible study on the team. And we'll get to it a little bit later on, but that Bible study had to have been, it started out small and I didn't know the exact impact that it would have, but it's so cool to look back now and see how God used it. Yeah, speaking of that Bible study, on your team, you were battling injuries. And, and I remember you talking with me about uh, not sure if you even wanted to play your fifth year. So I'm curious for everyone else listening, why did you choose to come back and play? And, and how did God use you during the, during that fall semester? I mean, yeah. So my, my, my senior year, official senior year, kind of the midst of COVID um, was, it was terrible. I, you know, I had thought that my sophomore year summer was the worst I could ever pitch. Um, no, that was that was my senior year. And at that time, you know, I knew I was going to have eligibility. But 
we were playing well. We were going, the season was going well. I thought it was going to be a great year. Um, and we just kind of fell off the rails and with some ways that things were kind of handled and my injuries, I was like, I, I don't know if I want to go back and play a fifth year. Like I, I want to graduate. I, I want to just kind of move on with my life. I, I don't know if this is what I really want to do. And I remember kind of just debating this and I was like, okay, you're going to look back. If you, if you don't go back and play, you're going to look back and wish that you had. And, and I think the Bible study that we had started was a, was a part of that. And, and it may not have been the reason that I chose to go back and play my fifth year, but it was definitely like a, a silver lining. Um, and so I can remember we started fall practice into my fifth year and I was livid. I was, I was coming to the field every day and I was so mad. Um, and I just was so struggling to, find joy at the field. And the only thing that was being any good was my ability to talk to other people about God. And there, everybody knew what I was about. Everybody knew um, my, about my faith. And so that those conversations were easier to have. And some people strayed away from it, from it, you know, some people do, but that Bible study was my only source of light throughout the week, to be completely honest, for the first, for at least for the first month or two. But I can remember leaving those Bible studies with my roommate, Matt, and we kind of just would look at each other and laugh. We're like, did that really just happen? We'd have teammates show up that we didn't think would show up. And then the, the, the Bible study started to grow. And then it grew a little bit more. Like we started out originally with eight people, maybe, maybe eight people. And then those eight people, you know, they'd, they'd bring their roommate and then they'd bring their house. And, and, and it was just, it was just kind of like sparking, like things were murmuring and it was, it was a really, really neat fall that, with how it turned out. And God eventually changed my heart toward the game. Um, and I began to really enjoy being at the field because I was at the field for everyone else and not myself. Um, and, and I think that was the first time that in, to be honest, in probably my whole four or five years that I'd ever been at the field, not looking for what I can get. That's awesome. Not that we're about numbers or anything, but that, that's incredible to hear that it was started with eight people and then those eight people invited somebody. I don't know if you knew how many people the Bible study quote unquote ended with, but um, those are disciple makers that are going out or those are people that heard the gospel um, for the first time. So that that's great. That's awesome. I'd love for you to share just what happened during your, your last and final uh, spring of your fifth year. Yeah. Okay. So like I said, so that Bible study had kind of started during that, that fall. Um, and we come back in the spring and we're, we, you know, we start the Bible study back up and we actually did a really cool thing over winter break. You know, I kind of looked at the guys in the Bible study and was like, Hey, we're going away for a little while. Like, how do you guys want to stay in touch? And I had remembered that in our pitchers group chat, the year before we had done a thing where you take a quote and then you do a synopsis of what it means to you. And so I said, all right, guys, Hey, like, why don't we take a Bible verse and write what it means to you and what you think, what is the Holy spirit telling you through that verse or passage? And so that's how was, how we stayed in touch through group me was one a day, someone would start and send a Bible verse and then you nominate someone else and you nominate someone else. And it just happened the whole winter break. Um, and it kind of just continued to grow. I think it sparked a lot of interest and normalized reading the Bible, which was so cool. But we get back and school hasn't started yet. And like I said, the Bible study had just continued to grow. And <laughs> we ended up getting so big, we had to leave the field where we normally did the Bible study. And we went to someone's house. And on a 40-man roster, I think there was one night we had like 26 or 27 guys show up. And we're looking around and like, you know, the house where we would party at and the guys would throw 
parties at, there was 26, 27, I don't know the exact number, on a 40-man roster, or there were less guys that were not there than that were, were. And I can remember we just had a Bible study and we just had real conversation. And I think we looked at King David and just this, like how God uses timing. And it was honestly one of the coolest nights I can remember uh, throughout my whole spring, throughout my whole four or five years or whatever the heck it was. And it was so cool. And I remember in that meeting, I looked at those guys and I was like, guys, this isn't real. Like, this is not normal. God wants to lay his favor on this team. And that was kind of a bold thing to say, to say, like, God is going to give us success. And, I, and so I didn't really say success, but I said, God is with us if we promise to keep our faith in him. And what that meant, I don't really know. You can interpret that your own way. But it's funny because when this is all said and done, I looked back on that quote and I was like, guys, that came true. This team was special because of our faith in God um, and our commitment to him. And the whole team was not believers. I wouldn't dare say they were. Guys were hearing the gospel for the first time. And it was got to be one of the coolest things I've ever witnessed to be able to see that interest and that curiosity peaked. And while... Some guys may have not been about it then, but they heard it. Who knows how the Holy Spirit's going to use that seed that's planted to be grown later by someone else. And sometimes that's the only thing that we can do is we may not get to see the fruit of our work, but we were called to be obedient in that moment. But kind of moving on into the spring. So that spring season, I knew I was not going to play professional baseball. I had never been the guy. I had never been, you know, I was a fifth year guy. I was a pitcher. But I'd never been the guy. And so it was like, at that point, like, I just wanted to win, to be completely honest. There's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to win. But it wasn't about me to be. But I can remember, like, I still wanted that. I still desired success. But it was the first time that I can really say, like, from a pure heart that it wasn't about me. I just wanted to win and I wanted to succeed. But I can remember, like, sitting, we had just gotten swept our opening ACC weekend at Georgia Tech. And I can remember sitting at dinner with my parents and I kind of looked at them and I was like, you know, and I, they had, they had, we had been talking about the Bible study and I was like, God is doing some really cool things, but I really thought he was going to give me, give me at least a moment. And because I wasn't really thrown at that point, I was like, I really thought I would at least get a moment. I just kind of poured out my heart to them. I really wanted this, but there was like this, this hope of, I know what my purpose is here and it's something bigger than baseball. But it's funny how it, it kind of turned around from there. You know, the Bible says we pour out our, our desires to God. And my season started to change. Uh, I started to get more outings. I started to get more innings. And I started throwing well. And then I got one inning. And then I got two. And then I got three. And then I was being a closer. I was getting a save. And then I was starting. And now I worked myself into this position of I was like the midweek starter. And it was, to be honest, it was... It was really, really neat. Um, it was something that I never had before, but it was like that one moment that I can look back to in my sophomore year and be like, okay, I am not flipping the tables here. I am not putting God on the back seat and me on the throne. Like I, I got to do whatever it takes to keep God on the throne. And that was super hard. Like that was not just something that I learned. Oh, okay. We'll get it right this time. That was an active daily battle. And in the middle of that, 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 time of me throwing, my arm started to hurt again. And I was like, I don't know. Are you kidding me? Like, why now, God? And it was in that moment that I started developing tendonitis in my elbow. And I kid you not, like I did not pick up a baseball unless I was throwing and I did not throw a single ball more than I had to. I, I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't feel my arm. 
it, there was so much pain. It was probably the worst pain I've been in, um, in the, in my college career. And it was teaching me. And I look back on this and it was so cool to see that God was giving me my daily bread that every day I had to come back to him just for the ability to do what, what he was allowing me to do. And there was no point after my arm started hurting that it was like, wow, this is me. Every day was a, was a gift from God. And like, that sounds so cliche to say, but I don't know any other way to say it than every day was a gift from God. And every day he gave me just enough. And so that kind of leads me into the culmination. So we ended up being, some of you guys may know this, some of you may not, but Virginia Tech ended up being the number four overall national seed. And we were the number one, number one seed in the ACC tournament. We won the ACC for the first time in Virginia Tech history, number one seed in the ACC tournament. Um, and then we ended up being the number four overall national seed. And obviously those are just numbers, you know, who cares that there's nothing to that. But I can remember like saying, okay, God, like maybe I'm going to get my moment here. Um, and I ended up starting the first game of the ACC tournament. It was kind of a throwaway game just with the way it's structured. And I thought, okay, God, like maybe you're going to give me this platform and give uh, me the ability to praise your name. And I'm not saying that didn't happen, but like I, I didn't throw great. I only threw two innings. We were trying to win the tournament. Coach didn't let anybody go long, which was fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't my moment. And, and I don't speak my success or failure for my glory. Like I said, this was all for him, but that wasn't, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a bad game. It was just a game, but we ended up being the number four overall national seed, which meant that we got to host our own regional and people came to Blacksburg to, to watch, watch a regional. And so the way it's structured structured is there's four teams in a regional, 16 regionals, double elimination. The winner of that goes on to a super regional, equate that to a basketball sweet 16. Uh, there's 16 teams left, eight regional sites playing a best of three series, but we were in the regional. Okay. Um, and like I mentioned, I was the number four starter. So if we won every single game, I wasn't going to throw, um, at least not in a starting role. And so we won the first game and we were playing the second game. And in the second game, we ended up actually burning both our second and third starter. And after the game ended, we were in the championship game, uh, but we used all three initial starters and our coach kind of goes, he's like, all right, I don't know who I'm going to throw yet. And there was nothing wrong with that. Like I, I, I kind of thought it would be me, but like I, there was no, like I had to have that humility because I couldn't, couldn't just like be like, oh, it's going to be me. So I had that humility of, okay, it might be me. The next morning when I was doing my quiet time, I, I, I was, I think I was talking to Adam about this actually. I think I was talking to you about this, Adam. But in my quiet time that morning, I kind of had to wrestle with, okay, why am I doing my quiet time? Am I doing this to find favor with God so that if I do throw, I throw well? And that had been something that I'd kind of had to kind of balance throughout my college career was, you know, how, how does God actually work? Obviously, if, if I'm in my word that morning, that doesn't mean that he's going to direct the baseball to the plate and have it miss the batter, uh, the batter's bat and get a strikeout. Like that's not how God works. But what I did know was that in that quiet time, like I had to pray that God, whatever happens, make this be about you. And so I get to the field and coach, coach kind of tells me it's a couple hours before the game. He goes, Hey, it's, like, you got the ball <laughs> from right then. Like heart rate goes through the roof. You're like, okay, I got to find a way to calm down. So I popped in some worship music and, um, I can remember just sitting there and I'm just like trying to calm myself down. No one needs to get hyped for a game like that. It's the championship game of the regional no, so like Virginia Tech has never won that. And so it was obviously like obviously a big game, thousands of people there. Like 
it was all really cool. But in my mind, that was a chance to, to proclaim God's name. How, God, were you going to use me? Are you going to use me through success? Or are you going to use me through failure? And that's such a tough thing to like walk into a game knowing. And to be honest, I had to balance the fear, but also the anxiety and the excitement too. And one of the things that I kept coming back to was like, okay, God, I found myself like imagining these scenarios that were going to, it was going to go well. And it was, it was cool, but it was like one of those things that I had to kind of look back to God and be like, okay, God, keep me in the moment, keep me in the moment. And so I just started praying. I was like, God, I know you can do this if you want to. I know Like, I know this can go well. Um, and I just kind of sat there and when you hear God's voice and you feel him tugging at your heart, it's just different and you know it. And in that moment, I was just praying like, God, I know you can, but whatever happens, I'll give you the glory. Win or, win or lose. And he kind of looked at me and I say he looked at me, but like poked my heart and was like, yeah, Ryan, I know, you know, I can, but do you believe I will? And I just kind of like had this, wow. Yeah, I, I do. I do believe you will. And so it was like this really cool shift in my mind to be able to say like, yeah, I do believe God that you are going to do something awesome here. And so I walked into that game, not with a cocky confidence, but with a humble belief in God was going to show up one way or the other. And it was all going to be for his glory. And he was not going to leave his name unknown at that field. From the first inning on, God, keep me in the moment. Like I audibly pray on the mound because it's the only thing I can do to calm myself down. Um, And I understand not everybody competes that way, but that was how I competed was I had to be calm. I could not pitch fired up. Um, And so prayer was the way that I did that. And so I'm on the mound and it's at the, the third inning and I, I gave up a run. Um, and we were, I think we were up three to one at this point in the third inning. And I had just given up a run. I had two outs with a runner on third and my coach comes out and he's like, you know, I knew my coach was coming out and I knew my day was probably about done. And he looks at me and he goes, empty the tank. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll empty the tank. But essentially my whole point in saying that was like, I knew my day was almost over. It was, it was pitch to play. I knew the next base runner that got on, I was coming out of the game. I got out of that inning. And then the fourth inning rolled around and I went one, two, three. I got out of that inning. They sent me back out for the fifth inning and I got in two pitches. I got two outs in the fifth inning. And so I'm at four and two thirds, which is my career best outing. My career best outing prior to that was four and one third. And I get to this guy with, with two strikes. I think it's like one, two on him. And I hit him and out walks coach. And I'm like, oh man. Um, and so Coach gets out here, and, and I think it was my shortstop, Tanner Schobel, kind of like pats me on the back, and he goes, hey, Metsy, enjoy this, man. Um, enjoy this ovation. And I was walking off the mound, and it was an ovation like I had never gotten before. And I'm walking off the mound, and I'm like, wait a second. This is not for me. Why, this is not for me, Ryan. Like, do something. And I know it's cliche, and you see people do it all the time, but I just like pointed to God. It was like pointed up. It was like, no, 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 this isn't me. This is him. And it was just genuine. It was just an effort to to reflect the glory back to God. Like, this is not about me, God. You had worked through me. And it was so cool to be able to point back to him. Yeah, I remember we were watching the game and that was you walking off the field and and pointing um, was, is the image that I have in my head. Not you plunking the guy. I don't even remember where you hit him. It doesn't matter. But it was you, it was you <laughs> pointing and, and giving glory to God in that simple gesture. Uh, of giving glory to God. Now, obviously, I mean, I feel like I was in like a play-by-play. I don't know. Like, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I felt like Joe Castiglione was calling the game again. But uh, obviously that game was really, it was a really cool game. 
and it was awesome to to see all the success that you had. Um, I'm pretty sure on my Twitter feed you were trending, uh, but it, but it was awesome to see that as your as your friend. Um, it was great to see you get that success. Um, but I remember you mentioning to me that it was more than just a stat line. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So when I say it was bigger than just the stat line, there's a couple of cool things about that stat line. The first one was my career best outing was four and a third. And in the game that God said, I know, I know you know I can, but do you believe I will? My, my outing was four and two thirds. Um, and so it was really cool to see like that outing in particular be f- my best outing of my college career and that essentially be air quote my moment, but to be, see it be used so well for his glory. The other really cool thing about that stat line that you'll never understand unless you look at the little details, but in order to get the statistical win in the scorebook, you have to go five innings, which meant that I was one strike away from getting the official win. And I look back at that and I kind of laugh because I think it's funny because by not getting the win, I felt like it was God's way of saying, yeah, I'll give you your best outing to kind of not give me the credit, but to make it special. Um, so he gave me that extra out to get to four and two thirds, but he didn't give me the last out in my opinion for a couple of reasons. The first one was so that I didn't get the win. So that way it wasn't about me. The second reason was, and I didn't realize this one until later was that as I walked off the mound, if I had gotten that last out, I may not have been sent out back out for the sixth inning anyway, and would not have gotten the ability to point to God. The other point, really cool thing about that being bigger than the stat line was a couple things. The things that kind of came after that. After we ended up winning the game, uh, I got interviewed on ESPN, and the first thing I got a chance to do was just say glory to God. And again, you know, I, I know a lot of people can use that in in, in kind of a a prideful ways, I, I guess so to speak. But like it was true, just humility of just like glory to God. Like this is awesome. Like this is so cool. Look at what God did. The next thing I got a chance to do was in the, in the press conference after the game, I got a chance, someone asked me the question and be like, did you guys know you were going to be good? And I got a chance to talk about the Bible study and be like, yeah, I told the guys in a Bible study one time that, that we were going to be good. And it, it kind of led someone to be able to look deeper and say, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you knew? To be able to talk to them in a real conversation and say, the, the team made God a priority and the team pursued God in new ways. So that was really, really neat. And then another chance that I ended up getting uh, interviewed on ESPN in, in, I think, a Packer in Durham. It's like a midweek show or something like that. Um, again, not for my glory at all, but just to simply have the opportunity to talk about him in a new way. Um, and that one was a little bit more difficult because I didn't want to come right out and say the name Jesus without discounting and being like, ah, just Jesus lover. Um, but it, it gave me a chance to talk about two things. I talked about the, the Bible study. Um, and that I, we knew we were going to be good. But the other thing that got a chance for me to do was I got a chance to talk about where our identity really lies. Um, and they asked me, you know, how do you, what's different about this team? And I said, this team puts their identity in something bigger than just themselves. And it gives someone the ability to look at me and to look at what I'm about and not see me, but see God. And so I think that's a really delicate balance that we have to walk at times that says, when do I speak the name of Jesus? And when do I let my life be the re- reflection that points to him? Um, and I chose that moment not to, I, I chose that moment in particular to be like, no, 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 don't look at me, look at him. And so that was a really cool, some of the cool nuances that you wouldn't necessarily see unless you look deeper. Uh, but I know God was using because I, I was able to look back and see him. Ryan, thanks for sharing all of that. That's, that's great. That's what a testimony it is. Thank you. 
Ryan, with the last question, I, I want to throw the question that you ask all of your other guests uh, on the podcast. But particularly, if you could speak to your teammates one last time um, and share something to them, maybe not even sports-related, what would you tell them? Yeah, I get chills even thinking about this right now. But after that game, I was in my quiet time. My, my fiance had kind of challenged me to pray aloud. Um, a lot of times I prayed by myself. And I started praying and don't know where this came from. This hadn't been on my heart at all. But I just, so somehow the word known, thank you for knowing me, God, came about. And I just started bawling. Um, I don't think I've ever cried that hard. I have not cried that hard in a long time. I'm 24 years old. Um, and that's just not the way I should be crying, I feel like. Um, but I just remember sobbing in so awe and thankfulness that the holy God of, of the heavens and earth knows me and he creates me and he loves me deeply and enough to give me the desires of my heart. And that just hit me about the holy, holy, holy God of the entire universe who sits far above anything that I can possibly imagine, not only just knows me, but cares enough to, to do that for me and to, to die on the cross for me. And so if I could say anything to my teammates one last time, um, at least in this format, is that the God of the universe, the almighty God, worthy of all our adoration and praise, sent his only son down to the earth to live a perfect life and die for you and I. And if that's not re redeeming love, I don't know what is. And that's not perfect love, I don't know what is. I think Riley Compton said it in the last episode, but Jesus is so worthy of our praise and Walking with him doesn't necessarily make your life easier, but it does make your life have purpose. And so I would just encourage anyone that's listening to this to go back to the cross because he is coming back and Jesus will come back for his church. And I promise you that you don't want to not be on that train. So I think that's what I would leave, leave everyone with is the cross is what we need to look to as Christians, not to ourselves, not to our identity, not to where we find our hope, where we find our our value in because it can only be found in one place and one place only. And that's with Jesus on the foot of the cross. So yeah, that's what I would say. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Thanks for ending it on, on the gospel. That, that's what we need to come, to come back to is, is the cross and, and repent of our sins and, and, um, and speak the name of Jesus. So thank you, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Adam, thank you so much for helping me facilitate this. Hopefully Hopefully you guys got something out of this. I think it was probably better than just me talking. It helped me to organize my thoughts a little bit. Uh, I know I rambled a little bit, but I hope you guys got something out of this. And I hope you see that God is good and he is walking with you in your sport. Though it may not feel like God is directly involved, God, he, he cares about you and he is with you. Um, and we have to look to him. We have to, to seek him. But with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and leave you uh, with what I always say. I'm going to say go Hokies. But as always, guys, pursue him. Walk with him. Reach out if you ever need anything. We love you guys. Have a great week.